that's the problem of the perception of livestock and finally it arrives to animal welfare like other topics like uh, greenhouse emissions so everything is connected and the main problem is that uh, we move so fast that consumers don't know what we are doing in the livestock sector and improvement is everywhere every day in our lives so in livestock too it's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry one that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket Swinet Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative companies like Adiseo provides programs and services to help producers achieve their targets in a high-quality, safe, and sustainable way. Alonco's Prevacent, a new perspective. Visit prevacentpers.us to learn more. NutriQuest, experts serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions. Genesis, the first power in genetics. AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives, and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Every Pig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Just All, always one step ahead in swine feeding. Welcome to the Swine It Podcast Show. My name is Marcia Gonçalves, your host for today's episode. Hey everyone, today we have Anna Granados Chapate. How are you, Anna? Fine, and you? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Appreciate your time here today. So for those that don't know you, Anna, if you can just share your your background and uh, how you know what you do today. Well, I'm uh, Spanish mm-hmm. <laughs> from Spain in Europe. Um, I'm an agronomist. Okay. Um, with uh, a degree in um, animal production, so techniques. So I have been working in the different uh, reproduction uh, uh, sector and representing also farmers in Belgium. So uh, yeah, I started uh, um, trying to know more about uh, bovine spermatozoa. Mm-hmm. That's really my favorite topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. No that, that's, uh, and um, and yeah, after I moved, uh, I, I was representing uh, European, no, not European, uh, Belgian farmers. And uh, this was quite interesting because it gave me um possibility to better know what is happening in the field because I'm not coming from a farm mm-hmm. like uh, most... A lot of people um, that uh, goes to the university uh, for agronomy studies. So I was I, I was a child of the city, mm-hmm. loving cows. That's cool. <laughs> That's my favorite uh, animal. And now, yeah, uh, since 2018, I'm representing European animal breeders in Brussels. Okay, so then when it comes to pig production. Uh, and you know these hot topics. What would be the here? If you look at the last few months, what are the the hot you know the hot topics there? Well, in Europe, mm-hmm. um, the hot topic is of course African swine fever. Mm-hmm. It's not only related to breeding, but uh, for the whole sector. 
It is also about uh, greenhouse emissions. Uh, again, in Europe, uh, the European Green Deal uh, and the farm to fork strategy are quite important. Mm -hmm. uh, the political in the political agenda, what do we have to gender medicine, of course, but that is not only politics, mm -hmm. and it is really very related to animal breeding, of course, mm -hmm. and animal health and welfare. Yeah, a lot of things uh, around here. Very cool. So on the Green Deal, can you give us, a, I'm, I mean, I'm not super familiar with it. Um, I probably should be. So that's why we have you here today. So can you give a little background on that and what's going on? Yeah, the European Green Deal is um, it's an agenda to reduce uh, greenhouse emissions and to stop uh, climate change. Mm -hmm. Uh, of course, uh, well, it's European, but the aim is to um, influence uh, other agendas in other countries because Europe is so small uh, regarding other, the rest of the globe. That, uh, so the aim is to cut greenhouse emissions, the impact in the environment, you know, it's not only greenhouse emissions, but also to improve biodiversity. Mm -hmm. biodiversity and this european green deal is all related to a lot of things of course it's mobility and uh, but it's also livestock and agriculture mm -hmm. and that is um, in this uh, topics we have uh, the subsequent uh, uh, farm to fork strategy and the biodiversity strategies but there is other ones but uh, okay so so for a pig producer what is that so far or, or in the future, what, what will be the implications? What, you know, what they need to do or what will change for them? Well, it's not so clear, you know. Uh, this European strategy is, um, is a big framework. And um, well, they, they will like to, to reduce... Uh, emissions until 2013 and after 50 but uh, the objectives are not uh, binding mm -hmm. mandatory so the the, the 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 objective is more to take everyone uh, trying to make a, a more sustainable world or mm -hmm. europe at least uh, yeah, it, it's not so clear in the way. That's, that's that's some of the of the things that are very, really very interesting in Europe is that uh, we reflect <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's it's quite interesting because we are able to give our opinions and to explain. Uh, one in my case, how uh, animal breeding can contribute to, or is already contributing to decrease greenhouse emissions. But it's just, yeah, it's a lot of things. It's about reducing use of antimicrobials. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's about uh, improving animal welfare. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, but in the, at the end of the day, there is nothing really concrete at this moment. It's just, okay. uh, it was launched. Uh, last year at the end of last year and because of COVID-19 is uh, 
well, it's, it has been delayed a little bit. And the farm to fork strategy was presented in May 2020. Well, but it's not, yeah, it's the beginning of uh, how we are going to build together another sustainable Europe. Yeah. Okay. And how about the Brexit? I mean, was there any um, reflections in the swine industry there? Well, Brexit, uh, we still don't know what is going to happen finally. I mean, there are going to be a third country. Mm-hmm. But the details of um, the way we are going to trade with them, it's uh, quite difficult. Uh, I mean, for me, it's quite interesting because we have in EFA, we have British members. I mean, or pe- companies operating uh, from UK. Mm-hmm. And so I'm uh, on both sides. And uh, for the pig industry, I, well, that's uh, more about uh, germinal products exchange and uh, yeah, breeding programs recognition in Europe. Yeah, that's uh, transporting animals, breeding animals. I'm not really, I'm, I'm more involved in how we are going to deal with these topics and not in the field where it's affecting really companies. I mean, that is more their business. I try to facilitate that uh, this transition could uh, be okay. light. Very cool. Now, can you also give us a little bit of an update on the, you know, the whole product labeling around no meat products? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Very interesting topic. Um, I have to say that it's very... Well, it's uh, something that we are involved because we are, yeah, we are involved also in livestock, not only in breeding. And uh, we try to join forces in, in Brussels with other livestock associations. But for a very personal, personal point of view, meat is meat. And um, I was quite disappointed that uh, we have voted last year, well, we, European Parliament has voted last year to avoid the uh, use of mid-denomination sales to uh, products that use not, that don't use meat. Ah, okay. Like um, instead of uh, soy milk, that's not real milk. It's not going to be like... Well, in Europe, you cannot say soy milk. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, well, it's a very long story. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> You don't care about, I can't say you. <laughs> it is interesting though. So uh, why not for me too? So you cannot say soy milk. Uh, so why you should say burger, um, vegan burger? Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, the, the European Parliament vote last year to avoid this kind of misleading use of... Uh, and uh, they have... Um, well, it was in a package of the mm-hmm. uh, Common Agriculture Policy mm-hmm. CAP. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> I don't think, no, I don't think I know that. Well, um, and because it was not finished, uh, but they have voted again and they have voted last week. And uh, well, that's, um, uh, this is, is going to be possible to use this, some of the, this denomination when you don't put meat in these uh, preparations. I mean, we have butter and we have margarine. Mm-hmm. Why we, sh- we, don't, we are not saying, how could you say in English, uh, 
butter without milk or there is no sense it's margarine there is another product right right so but, that's that's for me something that's very important that is not about protecting the sector it's about protecting the consumer because you don't have the same mm-hmm. nutritional composition so yeah I, I, it's really very personal i have to say if you want to talk uh, during three hours <laughs> we can start with <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not. It's more than professional. Uh, this topic, um, it's really something that I don't like at all. Mm-hmm. These new products are very, very interesting. Why not? But um, yeah, they just uh, they are innovative. So why they don't uh, create other names? And what is very interesting, uh, I told you, we can mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three hours over this topic is that we have um, very big companies behind this lobby in Brussels mm-hmm. to try to allow these denominations uh, for vegan products okay. so you have uh, very big big companies food companies making lobby and helping NGOs well we are making to lobby too I mean right how do you think we are we i get i don't know if the right word is winning right but uh, how is that how is that going well I, I, i'm not against i mean I, we make our lobby but um i try to uh, what I, I think i i tell the truth when i make lobby you know i um i really explain what the members are doing and uh, perhaps they can improve activities uh, because uh, animal breeding is improvement i mean yeah. we are improving all every day yeah or they are improving all the day because i'm not so. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. but uh, i don't know if it was the sense of your question but uh, these companies are just explaining that we we are going to save the planet with these new products and uh, want to take a look at uh, the leveling there are 30 ingredients and components of these products. So um, the only thing that I think, it's, again, is very personal. I'm not representing anyone mm-hmm. saying that. Right. I said, um, yeah, the only thing they want is that we eat the same thing everywhere around okay. the globe, the same product everywhere, and produced in the same factories and that's not respecting the heritage of food in Europe. This episode's sponsor highlight is about Zinpro. Since 1971, Zinpro Corporation has focused on one thing, trace mineral nutrition. As the most research proven organic feed trace mineral products in the industry, Zinpro Performance Minerals deliver performance and profitability to swine operations around the globe. To know more, go to zinpro.com. Right. It's okay to have a... It's okay. I, I think it's okay for those products to come to light or to to come up, but it's not like, you know, you, you have to ban everything else, right? Yeah. That's my point. Very cool. How about uh, welfare, right? It's a big thing in Europe and... Um, 
and it's trickling to some other countries. Why do you say it is a big well, it's topic always, in Europe? <laughs> it's always seemed to start in Europe. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. It seems like it, okay. at least for most of these uh, for these things, which my personal concern is that a lot of these topics they uh, they make and it's a it's a question to you as well because in mm-hmm. my personal view it makes um they can make agriculture non-competitive or mm-hmm. ba- bankrupt agriculture mm-hmm. in general so what's your view i mean a lot of the th- these things and some of them make sense some maybe not as much depending on what we're talking about <laughs> in my view but it's almost inevitable but also right what's that middle ground or do you think some of these chains are making pig production less and less um, sustainable, not in the green no, way? No, 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 no. Sustainable yeah. is not only green. In a business way, right? Yeah, is, exactly. Do you think that's happening? Could, yes. It could be. This, it's true that uh, when I was representing Belgian farmers, well, it was not was not about Belgian farmers. It was about Wallonian farmers. You know, Belgium is a very complicated country. Okay. And we have two, re- well, we have more than two regions, but uh, for agriculture, we have two regions, the north, Flanders, okay. and the south, Wallonia. And uh, in Flanders, you have a lot of pigs, millions of pigs. And uh, 5% of the production is in the south, in Wallonia. And it was all the time this supposition between both sectors in the north and the south because one is more extensive and small and the other one is about more uh, bigger farms. Well, it's not really big for uh, an American mm-hmm. point of view. but And there was this uh, opposition about animal welfare. So in terms of trade, we we are always explaining that animal welfare in Europe is better to consumers. Okay, mm-hmm. Even the lowest level, the regulatory level, we are always explaining that is, uh, the best animal welfare is in Europe. And we are, as farmers, as when I was representing them, we are trying to close the market to all imports from other countries because it's not uh, sustainable from an economical point of view and a social point of view. So that's, yeah, that's true. I don't know if it's only a thought or it's really true, but it's there, it's somewhere there. And animal welfare in Europe is a complicated matter. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, is, why is that? Oh, you have a different, really, the problem of animal welfare is people are is thinking that they will like, to be outside, to decide to go outside, uh, to avoid to to live in a cage. So yeah, it's complicated because it's very emotional, you know? And uh, well, the only thing that we used to explain to the authorities, the European authorities, and uh, I think it's everywhere, is that uh, we have to take decisions to improve animal welfare as a whole. I mean, if you improve animal welfare in our perspective on giving more place, you have to be sure they don't have problems on animal health, increasing mortality or, uh, or some diseases or 
So we need science-based arguments, not emotional ones. Uh, I mean, I have a dog, I would like to go out for hours to, to walk. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's not possible. Perhaps should be, but it's not possible. So animal welfare is a balance between some other things. And we are just, uh, my perspective in, in Europe is that we are thinking about animal welfare as a question of a space. Only for, only. only for space. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great point. And something that I always thought about is that when you think about antibiotic reduction, which again, any of these topics you can frame them in different ways, right? So antibiotic, if if you're gonna have a more rational usage of antibiotics, right? Mm -hmm. But my question is, when you have a production flow that has no antibiotic ever, mortality might increase. So it's interesting to see that a lot of these things, some of them actually kind of contradicts a little bit themselves too, right? Well, everything is connected. Uh, I mean, when we, even when we talk about livestock and agriculture and crops, and we're saying that we should produce more crops, well, if we produce more crops, we need also animals to fertilize uh, crops. So um, that's uh, agriculture is circular. Uh, everything is connected. And in terms of animal welfare, it's the same. It's just, uh, uh, animal health and welfare are so related and related also to animal breeding and the way we um, make breeding programs and the traits that we put in these breeding programs and Huh. It's not so, I mean, when we say free of antibiotics, it's that uh, it's not uh, avoiding the use of antibiotics completely. Uh, it's just uh, that uh, in the past, I don't know in news, but uh, in Europe in the past, some of the time we were using antibiotics to promote growth. So, right, right. and that is, but now it's not possible since a while, like hormones and so on. And that's, uh, people doesn't know. That's the problem of the perception of livestock. And finally, it arrives to animal welfare, like other topics like uh, greenhouse emissions. So everything is connected. connected. And the main problem is that uh, we move so fast that consumers doesn't don't know what we are doing in right. the livestock sector they don't have time and to improvement learn. is everywhere every day in our lives so in livestock too uh i don't know it's very complicated yeah I, mean, I don't want to say that uh, we cannot produce without antibiotics but i would like to think that we have because we have done it that we can reduce antibiotics some of in some places yeah mm -hmm. yeah or to use them in another way i mean right let's put a few um not maybe the words not disclaimer but a few <laughs> um background for folks that are listening that maybe are not super familiar with the topic but meat you know it's already supposed to be without antibiotic anyway from a legal standpoint because you have a withdrawal period right so yeah exactly any meats without <laughs> antibiotics so that's just that's just peak production 101 but i just mm -hmm. want to 
take that out of the conversation now. But the one question I have for you is on the the whole thing around the marketing, which talks about, you know, raised without antibiotic, right? Because uh, we already mm-hmm. talked the, the 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 pig production one on one, but now talking about uh, you mentioned the the whole thing around growth promoting that's kind of go going away, but then the, the the whole concept around raised without antibiotic. Do you see that as a trend in in Europe? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, a very few part of the market, perhaps. Okay. I'm thinking question, leveling questions are more about animal welfare than antibiotics, perhaps in the future, I don't know. But it's now, well, they have started some years ago, but I don't feel that I have seen an increase using this uh, advertising. Okay. Um, I don't think so. Uh, No, not really. Well, I mean, some years ago, uh, there was a, a company, I think it was in Spain or in France, and uh, they were, um, were making advertising of poultry meat. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, without hormones. Yeah, I've seen that. Hey, guys, we cannot use hormones in the poultry sector since 2006 in Europe. So yep. why do you advertise something that is a current practice? Exactly. And I've seen that too. And it's and that's the problem. At the end of the day, some of the times, I think that uh, it's the between us within the livestock sector that we are making, we are... Creating our own problems. Creating our own problems. Sometimes, yeah. Some of the time. It's not all the time, but I'm organic. I'm better than you. I'm a, I don't know why people... I don't think... It's something that arrived me some time ago. It's it, not some time ago, but it, it's, uh, it's something that uh, I used to ask in the supermarket when I have a friend that uh, is buying organic milk. It's a very good product. I mean, I'm not uh, criticizing. Uh, but uh, I'm just asking because I, I'm really interested in this aspect of uh, consumers. And that why do you buy organic milk? I mean, in Belgium, we have a lot of grasslands and uh, most of the time, organic or not, it's a very small difference. Well, and let me, and sorry to interrupt you right yeah. there, but the, the question I have is, and I've watched, there's a very good a podcast from a few years ago that's that's called Intelligence Squared. And, and it's a debate between experts from both sides. And one of the questions was like, hey, are you able to, to do a test, any test, a lab test or whatever, to t- show the difference? Oh, so an answer is no. Uh, most things, uh, at least to my knowledge. So, all right. So if you cannot tell the difference, right? Maybe there's no but, difference. Well, but, it's about a lot of things. About it's about practice. But most of the time, people think that uh, well, people I know and I ask it's uh, because they are not antibiotics. So it's the same as you were talking about pig meat. Uh, there is no antibiotics in any milk in this supermarket. Right. I mean, if we we go to a farm and we take the milk of a tank, we test for antibiotics, and there is any trace of any small quantity of antibiotics the milk is destroyed Mm -hmm. 
how the farmer has um, decreased on the price, uh, at least in Belgium, for a month. So I don't know a lot of farmers that are putting the cows uh, receiving an antibiotic treatment because there is a problem in the in the tank milk. I mean. It is not possible. That's not a good reason. There is other good reasons to buy organic. I mean, why not? Practice. Uh, I mean, I'm not convinced yet, right? I haven't seen the. De- I haven't seen the evidence because I haven't seen actually well-designed studies showing, you know, randomized studies, not observational studies, randomized uh, studies, which is hard, hard to do too. I understand that, but. I, I, I'm not sure on the, the body of evidence. When From a nutritional health. point of view, well, it will depend on the... Oh, well, you are a nutritionist, so... I'm a nutritionist, but also from a health standpoint. Uh, is it healthier? Uh, eh, not sure, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think mm-hmm. there's evidence, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm talking about practice of uh, right, the practice the farm level. Yeah, so for example, yeah. oh, they, they are not using a GMO, whatever, GMO um, product mm-hmm. or grain, but something that not many people know, they might be using a little more pesticides or whatever else just because it's not a GMO. And, you know, so that's a problem right there, you know. Yeah, well, organic is a, it's a, it's a nice debate. I mean, it is always interesting to discuss about. It is, yeah. I don't, I don't know if we got the conclusion right let me transition no, a little bit. I don't think so. <laughs> let's transition and a little bit to welfare right and we can touch on castration and the farrowing stalls uh one before we get into castration the ferry stalls is another one because that i have trouble understanding a little bit at least to this point because at least some of the studies that i've seen mm-hmm. when you let the sow walk around during Around, you know, a few weeks after fairing or whatever, the preweaning mortality goes up. So is yeah, that that's it? what we learned uh, at university. Yes, right. <laughs> well, at least twenty years ago. <laughs> right, and do you see that being successfully implemented right now? Meaning, any way that it's not increasing mortality of the baby pigs, which again, you're trying I to prove. I don't know. I don't think I'm the best person to answer to this, mm-hmm. but. I was representing again Belgian farmers when the um, directive uh, was implemented in Europe to um, to give more uh, place to the um, to the sows. We can still put sows in a cage for a while. I think it's four weeks. Um, but I don't have enough experience to say you if uh, there is a big, is a really a big problem of mortality or not. I mean, I should say that it is depending on the the farm. Uh, in some of the cases, going to be better. I, I, what I don't like at all is uh, when you talk about uh, means and not results. So I'm a, I agree that we have to avoid some practice and, and we should improve them. But uh, we are drafting legislation and regulation for farmers. Most of the time, we are asking them to show that they are using the means that we are asking for. And we are not asking for results. Mm-hmm. So 
well, some of the time we ask for results, of course, but um, there is a part of the time we ask them to use the means that we have decided that they are the best for them. And I'm not sure that is a good idea every day. So in terms of this animal welfare situations, I think that it's working in one place. It's perhaps not working in another one. And uh, we should give more freedom to farmers and to, to give another framework, another legal framework, smarter and uh, yeah, involving them in decisions, not saying them you have to do like this, do and, like this, this yeah. and this. Because they have been doing that for a long time and right and and stuff because some, some consumers like to follow people on the internet instead of following the farmers, some of the farmers that are actually in the internet, um, like Instagram and other places that you can actually ask questions and, and mm -hmm. actually, um, you know, get right from the source instead of, um, someone that's just, uh, parroting someone else, you know, um, mm -hmm. how about, how about castration? What's the status or what, where, where is it going? Well, the status is that uh, it's um, there is no regulation. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is uh, no, there is not a European regulation saying that we have to stop castration. Um, well, this, uh, uh, but there are some of the countries that have started uh, to ban or to. To make more, to put more rules to avoid, uh, to use anesthesia, for example, or uh, other tools. Uh, I mean, it's not a uniform framework for this in Europe. Uh, probably it's going to arrive, I don't know. Uh, probably. Uh, but the, there was um, a general intention in Europe to stop castration before 2018. But it was just an intention. It was just a political agenda, and then we, we, yeah, we, we didn't at all. Germany is leading um, the use of anesthesia. There is a big discussion for organic uh, sector about it. If uh, we avoid trans uh, castration or not, and we can use uh, other uh, alternatives. Uh, you know, this is an alternative um, from the pharma sector. Um, the organic sector don't want this one. So this is a lot of, again, a lot of reflection. That's very good. And we will aim to stop, but uh, it's still not done okay. in, in Europe. Very good. Uh, one more is on... Um on gene editing what uh, what are you seeing where's the regulation and our consumer accept not acceptance but any, anything related to consumers so far well the, the problem of consumers and that is the same for other topics is that uh, you are hearing a part of them uh so you have uh, consumer associations you have ngos and uh, we try to discuss about this topic and uh, but, but most of the time they're representing a part of the society and um, so there are big concerns about it 
because uh, as you know GMOs are not uh, yeah they have not uh, good advertising in Europe so some of the people uh, thinking that uh, that's the same right and so the regulation is so complicated uh, because the European Court of Justice uh, has said that we have to follow to market uh, products obtained by genome editing, we have to um, to apply under the, the GMO directive. So there is not clear. I mean, it's uh, it's not adapted, but that is my point of view as professional. But uh, from consumers' point of view, for them now. People knowing nothing about breeding, uh, that's a GMO. Mm -hmm. But it's only from a legal point of view, so it is not the same. I mean, uh, so yeah, we are trying to, to explain this and we, are, we have a very um, clear statements on genome editing in EFA. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, at this moment, we are making a lot of research, or our members are making research. I'm not sure we are ready to market anything in coming years in Europe, but it's moving, and I think it's really interesting to have this debate with consumers. It's a um, hot topic in Brussels. Hot topics. Mediatic but topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, getting close to wrap up here before we get into the three questions that I ask every guest here and uh, one is about animal transport any any change going on there oh uh, not at the moment I mean there are uh, high concerns on uh, animal welfare during transport but it's normal I mean we have seen some image uh, uh, last years in which uh, you have animals in boats that are uh, some of the time suffering or at least uh, people think that they are suffering, so that's uh, very controversial. Um, so, of course, we have to transport animals in good conditions. Um, again, the way we think that is good conditions from an animal perspective or a human perspective is different. So we have to be careful on the way we uh, try to perform this and the, the new rules could apply in coming years. For the moment, there is nothing ongoing. I mean, um, what Europe is doing now is checking if uh, the current regulation is fit for purpose. And there is a lot of different studies that are ongoing at the EFSA level. EFSA is um, an agency, a scientific agency on uh, food production. Mm. So regulation is probably going to um, be... Uh, review in coming years but we are not already at this stage yeah okay okay yeah complicated i mean mm -hmm. breeders transport animals in very good conditions <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, everyone tried to do it some of the time we have problems of course we well the, the sector has problems well and i mean pig producers do do a phenomenal job in, on that the, the, yeah exactly the, the only problem not the yeah, the problem is sometimes with consumers is that they might see the 0.001% times that something is wrong because regardless of the industry, you you have great people, good people, and 
Some people that might not be doing a great job just as anything else, like a dentist or a medical doctor. And that might be a 0.001%, but that's the one that goes to the internet, right? Which is terrible. Uh, and many people don't know, like when it comes to welfare, a lot of production systems have hotlines, right? If someone is not treating animals correctly, you just call anonymously and that person is going to be fired. So there's a lot of things that people just don't know. And we just need uh, consumers to, to, to talk to. Yeah, it's very simple. It's a very simple issue, but uh, I mean, negative things are mm-hmm. fascinating people, but when it's things are going in the right way. Nobody cares. Exactly. It doesn't make the news. It's a very simple topic for media and uh, journalism, but uh, exactly. that's the, the world we live. So, uh, yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. Awesome, Anna. It is time to our famous three. An animal nutrition technology company offering innovative products and new applications for the swine industry. The combination of AB Vista enzymes, technical services, and nutrition expertise provides the industry with new opportunities to further improve production efficiencies. Fiber is receiving renewed interest due to its influence on the microbiome, and AB Vista has brought together research experts to discuss the industry's knowledge of fiber functionality and to introduce a stimbiotic targeted to improve fiber digestion. To request access, Contact NAM at abvista.com. For knowledge and news from the global swine industry, access our partner, thepigsite.com. Now getting to the three questions. The first one is, uh, what is your favorite, uh, could be pig-related or, or livestock-related book or resource that you like? Book? <laughs> with question <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it's okay it could be a book could be a resource a website or yeah yeah I'm thinking um, well it's strictly pig no it doesn't have to be pigs because well I, I don't know if it's my favorite but it's a, a very good uh, one is the pig seat the pig site okay site sorry Ooh, my very Spanish cool. yeah. accent I'm no sorry. you're good the pig side, yeah, very helpful. Home. Very helpful. I, I'm not sure if it's my favorite, but uh, yeah, it's uh, very helpful. Well, I don't know. Well, <laughs> Some of my members' websites are very good, okay. but I cannot <laughs> say which one I prefer. <laughs> they are not going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. How about this next question is just in general, outside of pig production or even agriculture, you know, I like to say that the, there's the Anna that people know, but the Anna that people don't know. What do you like to, to read or, or any resource, anything that, that you like to do that's outside of the livestock? Uh, to do, well, I, will, I, I, I read a lot of books, well, less now, but uh, yeah. And um, American, South American literature, I love. Okay. Oh, really? What, what uh, authors or... Oh, a lot of them. I would I would say it's difficult to, uh, but uh, my it's not my favorite one. But it's uh, I I really love the person too. Well, now he's he died, but it's uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez and okay. uh, this yeah. kind of literature is. Uh, I think it's because I'm not living anymore in Spain, probably. Mm. 
And while I have very, a lot of uh, South American writers and of course Spanish. And after this, of course, I read a lot of, well, of course not because in Belgium in the French part is not so easy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a lot of American, um, Philip Roth, uh, I love a lot. And the rest of the time I run. Nice. <laughs> I read and run. I try to be, well, we don't, we are not traveling a lot for the moment, but, uh, right. awesome. I like to travel, but no, I, I, I run in the forest close home and that's just uh, very good. Now, the, the last one here, Anna, is um, what do you see, what sets successful swine professionals apart from those that are not? So what, what, what's your insight there? Oh, that's quite complicated because <laughs> I have some of the time that all of them are making the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the objective at the end of the day is the same. Mm-hmm. And they are making so hard work on balanced breathing, uh, uh, putting all these traits together. Or if you, I, if, I if, cannot if, say you. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's okay. Now, if you step back here and you think about in general, from yeah. everyone that you have ever interacted with, and those that you, in your view, are very successful, what do you see as the common trait? What is something that they are doing. I'm a very simple person in terms of um, I like a lot of different things and I think that uh, there are so many things that are very valuable. I'm not focusing on one thing or another so that's for me it's a very difficult question. It's okay. It's it's okay. um, Because yeah, if you ask me about my favorite movie I'm it's not possible to, uh, to answer you. Because it's uh, so many different things that are interesting somewhere that, mm-hmm. uh, and for this is the same. I, I'm afraid that I say something is not going to be fair for me first, mm-hmm. and for the rest, I, uh, I, no, I'm not going to answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> different personalities, right? You 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 don't want to. Yeah, I see. I see. I, it's it's good. Uh, I, I'm I'm really against black and white. Do you know nice. what I mean? I know what you mean. Yes. There is so many grays that mm-hmm. are so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no. Fair, uh, fair point. I fair point. I I I am uh, that's. I think that's a good answer. Like, hey, there is multiple ways. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And I thank you so much. It's been very insightful there when it comes to the, you know all these change happening in Europe. Uh, really appreciate our time. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a really nice exercise for me. Imagine if with a few key concepts, you could have the potential to create a massive positive impact by bringing from hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars for swine producers. Join this small group and go to the next level of swine nutrition on this seven-week-long elite online training in applied swine nutrition and feeding. It's conducted by myself, Dr. Marcio Gonçalves, and my world-class invited speakers. Additionally, you enjoy an exclusive community to exchange ideas. Go now to www.eliteswinenutritionist.com.